Good day to UHCI learners. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of Nine to Thrive HR. In this podcast, we team up with experts and practitioners in the field of HR and bring their knowledge straight to you as it pertains to the most pressing issues facing talent management today. Those topics we just can't get enough of. I'm Holly Pennebaker, your host. If you're listening on iTunes, please be sure to give us a rating. Your rating helps other professionals and talent-minded people discover the program. For this show, I'm joined by Beth Giglio, Senior Vice President of Human Resources at 8451. At 8451, Beth brings to the table a broad expertise of human resources, overall business expertise, and a successful track record of driving strong cultures, redesigning organizations, and development and retention of key talent. Working closely with the 8451 executive team and the Kroger Company HR leadership team, Beth oversees all organizational human resource functions, including people management, benefits, change management best practices, recruiting, learning and development, retention strategies, and people analytics. Beth holds an MBA from the Fuqua School of Business at Duke University and a Bachelor of Science in Business from Miami University in Oxford. Welcome to the show, Beth. Thank you so much, Holly. I'm happy to be here. Workforce planning and people analytics will reign as one of the hottest topics in HR for 2018, and we're excited to share with you Beth's passion for making employees' lives easier. We'll explore this topic even further next year when HCI's Workforce Planning and People Analytics Conference goes down in Miami, Florida from February the 27th through March 1st. We have HR leaders from all over the United States gathering to speak on the value of making strategic planning and actionable analytics foundational to making the best decisions for your business. We'll get the excitement going today with a question and answer session with Beth. So, Beth, how did 8451, a data, science, and customer experience company, apply its customer behavior expertise onto understanding employee behavior? Thanks, Holly. I'd love to share a little bit about our journey. We started at 8451 in perhaps a non-traditional way because we are a data science and customer experience company. We spend our days seeking to understand customer behavior and using those insights to inform improvements in customer experience for our consumer packaged goods clients and our parent company, Kroger. With that as our DNA, we started to look at employee behavior. It was natural for us to look at it through a lens similar to how we approach our customers. So an example of this is that we chartered a team to help understand how we were doing on key elements such as people processes like culture, people leadership, diversity and inclusion. And we did things like other companies would. We used focus groups and data collection devices like surveys. But the difference for us was we used our primary research team and our analysts that work with customer behavior data to help define and design those survey instruments and focus groups and ultimately synthesize the insights. The other recommendation they asked us to follow was to put in a monitoring mechanism to measure employee sentiment weekly, much like we monitor customer satisfaction across many dimensions with our Kroger customers. So we started with a customer lens and we're trying to apply typical 8451 approaches to understand employee sentiment and how it changes over time. 
Great. And so over time, what have you learned about your employees since you started measuring your employee sentiment in 2015? So it's been, as you said, about two years since we started monitoring employee sentiment, and we do do it weekly. And I thought I would share a little bit about how we measure employee sentiment, then talk about our learnings just so people get a feel for what we're doing. So we measure employee sentiment through a simple question. It's called, how you feeling? Employees rate on a scale of 1 to 10 each week how they're feeling. And the question comes via survey and also allows for you know, informal or verbatim feedback, open-ended type questions. And that feedback's been calibrated, summarized, and provided to our executive team as well as our culture team with recommendations on how to address that feedback. So basically, we're trying to understand what the sentiment is telling us, evaluate how the sentiment's changing over time, and then identify ways to really respond to that feedback, but in a way more timely manner than typical annual engagement surveys do. So that's what we're measuring. As for what we've been able to learn, we've learned a few things. The first one is, you know, we essentially have a control chart now of two years' worth of data. And what we've learned is that we don't typically see dramatic shifts in sentiment. It stays pretty normal, if you will, within our control chart. But we will see spikes on occasion. And what we've been able to discern is those will be related to events. So maybe something that was really, really great news, like maybe during bonus time and we've had a great year and people are really excited, we might see a positive spike in sentiment. Or, you know, the latter could also happen, which is, you know, not so great news, maybe a benefit change that people didn't like and we'll see a spike down. Or, and this one's probably the most compelling, perhaps we didn't do a real effective job communicating something that we were trying to help land on the organization. And by having this measure, we'll see that decline almost instantly in the data. And what that gives us the ability to do is quickly address those issues. And that's probably one of the most powerful aspects of this measurement process is we can see it, we can respond to it, and then see if whether our response actually helps. So that's probably our biggest learning is how do we respond to spikes and how do we address the concerns almost in real time. Sounds like this measurement is a great way to really understand how your employees feel about various things throughout the business. But how has the measurement of employee sentiment changed the HR process? So it's interesting. When we started, I don't know that we had an expectation of what would change. And to be honest, the biggest changes have not been in direct HR practices from our learnings, but rather we see changes in how we're doing things day to day. So when working with our leaders, we're doing things differently to prepare for organizational communications and how things get cascaded and what works and what doesn't work. So it's essentially having this always-on feedback tool at an organizational level. So I would say directly, not a ton of HR practices, but what it allows us to do is for like our HR business partners, they can see data pretty quickly and then go and coach leaders. So it's helped our coaching process. And then the other piece that probably is a little bit more direct is as we do different forms of employee solicitation for feedback, we then have to integrate it. So it's helped us maybe tell a more holistic story between our annual engagement surveys with these weekly pulses. So one, we're not as surprised of what's going on, but also we can react to it on a more ongoing basis. So not a lot of direct changes to HR, but certainly we're more effective as an HR function because of the tool. Sounds like some great things going on today, but let's talk about the future. 
What's next on the horizon for 8451 People Analytics Endeavors? So, Holly, I think this is probably where I'm most excited, and I hope um, people who attend the conference, I might have more insights. We're really excited to be taking another kind of first step, I think, and really doing 8451 on itself in terms of people analytics. We're currently fielding an employee loyalty driver survey with our employees. Again, since our DNA is buried and kind of made up of understanding customer loyalty, we want to see what we can learn from our employees. So frequently, companies just like us spend a lot of time understanding why people leave. So we dig into our exit data. We want to know before people leave what makes them stay. So we're trying to identify the most important reasons why people stay at 8451. So that'll help us from an HR and from a leadership perspective understand if we need to change things, what's most important to keeping people here and not changing those? Well, being able to change other things that we might think are valuable, but employees would tell us differently. To my knowledge, there's not a lot of companies doing this kind of research, and we're just really excited to kind of take on this next frontier and see what we're going to learn. Sounds like a great plan, and we'll let that peek into the future take us to the end of today's episode. So thanks so much for being here with us today, Beth. I appreciate the time and look forward to the conference. And of course, we also appreciate each and every listener for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast if you enjoyed your time with us. You can find HCI on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and on the YouTube channel HCI Talent. And once more, if you'd like to hear more from Beth, join us in sunny South Florida for three days of workforce planning and people analytics excellence and expertise. Register online by clicking Enroll at the top of HCI's homepage, then click the orange button marked View Conference Schedule. You'll find workforce planning and people analytics at the top of the page. For 9 to Thrive HR and all of us here at HCI, thank you for listening.